evening, everyone. Welcome to the Flea Flicker NFL Show, episode 42. I'm your host, Uri Umar, recording on a rare Tuesday, and I'm joined by my co-host, Amal Ronek. What's up, Amal? What's up, Arib? Uh, this week, uh, news, not really that much to talk about, uh, but we'll just we'll get right into our game recaps, and then uh, we'll go into our power rankings, having the top 10 teams entering into week 10. Crazy that we've gone through already nine weeks in the NFL and entering into the 10 weeks and still not many, uh, not many, I should say, COVID uh, cancellations or movements. I thought I expected way more. I didn't even expect to even be this far in, and I'm, I'm happy that we're there. And then uh, at the end, we'll uh, give our game predictions. Pretty short schedule, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to – let's get it rolling. Yeah, before we – um, hit on to our, you know, our game recaps and everything. I want to hit on some of that COVID stuff. So there's some pretty big COVID news, mainly coming out of Pennsylvania, actually. So for both Pennsylvania teams, the Pittsburgh Steelers are placing QB Ben Roethlisberger on their COVID list. And that happened today at around like noon. And apparently that means he's going to be quarantined for five days at least. And then that's if he doesn't test positive. So five days and then he will be back. So I say there's a five days from now it would be Sunday. So he would be ready for his game. If he like didn't test positive, I, I believe this week. Um, but at the same time, I think they're also on bye week this. No, they're not. They're facing the Bengals. So they're facing the Bengals. He should be they're ready. Yeah. Yeah. He should be ready this week. Um, but we'll see what happens. And also for the Philadelphia Eagles, some news coming out of uh, Philly this week, or today rather, there's an uh, unnamed coach who has tested positive for COVID-19, according to Derek Gunn. And right now the team is in intensive protocols, but the building is not shut down. So we'll see what happens there. But really, those are the only two COVID-related news so far this week. And hopefully, cross my fingers, we won't have anything else. Yeah, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, we're going to talk about the Steelers. He, he himself had a great great game uh, against the, the Cowboys. But, um, yeah, we talked about last week, I believe, briefly with the Matt Stafford. He was on COVID IR because another player tested positive. And uh, – or I should say this. Uh, he was on COVID IR because he was uh, next to another person that tested positive. He tested negative. He quarantined for five days, and he – Tested, he tested negative the day before, I, think, I believe, game day or on game day itself. And uh, he played. And we're going to talk about how his performance was later on. But, yeah, I expect Big Ben to play uh, this week. And now uh, we'll head into our game recaps for the week. This week was uh, definitely an interesting one, to say the least. Um, a lot of good games, but uh, – yeah, let's just get right into it. The first game uh, I want to start with is the Thursday night game with the, the Green Bay Packers against the San Francisco 49ers. We both predicted that this game would be a, a blowout, and it indeed was. I think uh, – I'm, I'm impressed by this guy named Richie James, though, for the Niners. I think he played pretty well. And uh, on the Packers' side, there's nothing else to really talk about, so I think we can move on from that. Yeah, the really only – there's only one thing we're talking about here is Aaron Rodgers an MVP candidate. Cause I said it earlier on when we had our, in the off season, actually like running up to the season, my two MVP picks 
was first Russell Wilson and second my dark horse was Aaron Rodgers and he's still coming out here and he's still playing good football he has had a couple off games namely against the Bucks in recent memory but Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers have I mean I'd say they probably have the best connection in the league right now I'm all outside of like maybe Julio Jones but Julio Jones also hasn't been like I don't think Julio Jones has been as great this year, even though Julio is bouncing back. But really, Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams, that connection seems like the best right now in the league. Yeah, I think uh, he's definitely up there, to say at least, right? He's got to be. I mean, he's definitely probably top three. I I think you can definitely say he's top three, I think. Uh, Russ, Russ, Mahomes, and Rodgers are definitely in the top three there. And then uh, there's some sneak, there's some sneakers like uh, Allen or uh, Murray or even Brady, but Brady did not perform really well. But I think that there obviously can be some people that can be added to the MVP race per se. But yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers made a strong case against that Niners defense. But the, like I said, the Niners are very depleted, man. And he mentioned this uh, when he was on the Pat McAfee show, uh, which is great because uh, he also talked, I believe, today. And uh, he's on that show once a week, so uh, and he's uncensored, so uh, it's great to listen to Aaron Rodgers talk about the most like crazy stuff. He'll talk about aliens. He'll talk about anything. Uh, so uh, with his buddy AJ Hawk and Pat McAfee himself. So yeah, uh, but regardless, yeah, I think he should definitely be uh, up there for MVP. Uh, now we can move on uh, to the worst probably the worst game even though the game was kind of close the worst game of the week for sure uh that's pat's jets monday night um i was texting a lot throughout this game just wondering uh if the jets suck enough to win this game and uh thank god they didn't and uh their dreams of securing trevor lawrence is still still at the, the peak right now and they're still number one and uh, that's all I can really take away from this game. And Cam Newton, my, my I mean, I, I was, I'm impressed by his comeback in the fourth quarter, the last five minutes to go. I think he played uh, excellent. But uh, I need to see that Cam Newton. I need to see the Cam Newton I saw in the Seattle game more often in order for them to stand a chance because right now they currently stand three and five and third place in that division. Yeah, so there's a couple things worth noting there, right? So you want Cam Newton to play – good football in order for the Patriots to be even like a competitive team. And that to me is just testament to how far this Patriots team is like deteriorated on the offensive side of the ball. Their offensive line isn't the same. They've lost multiple players and they've also just don't flat out have any weapons. Like if you think back to like, I guess the mid 2010s, like when Brady went on those streaks, he had Rob Gronkowski, he had Julian Edelman who wasn't hurt. For most of those years, he had players like I know it's stupid, but like Brandon LaFell, like he was a he was a wide receiver that like he wasn't phenomenal, but he was a guy you could rely on. He was a guy like who caught multiple game-winning passes from Tom he was Brady. Good at the Bengals, yeah, he was good at the Bengals as well. But I still remember. I think it might have been this Brady Breeze game a while back, like, and I think Brandon LaFell caught the game-winning touchdown on that one. But the point is that Brady had reliable weapons, and right now. I mean, except for this game, really. Jacoby Myers, number 16 for the Patriots, stood out 12 catches on 14 targets, 169 yards. I mean, uh, like, and we need to see this type of performance, like, repeatedly because 
for Cam Newton to play well, he needs to have weapons outside of him, and he doesn't have Gronkowski. He doesn't have a healthy Julian Edelman. He doesn't really have any sort of sort of field stretchers. And if Jacoby Myers can come in and play a, a, like a solid role for this team, uh, for Cam Newton rather, then you can see some good things because Cam Newton running the ball and Damian Harris, who has been playing pretty good, decent football uh, with the Sony Michelle injury and for the, at the running back position. But you can't rely on just those guys to be competent on the offense side of the ball. And we've seen their struggles. There's a reason why they lost four games in a row. It's because their offense just wasn't competent. And they didn't have weapons, flat out. And second, their defense has completely fallen apart. And usually, like, you'd expect Bill Belichick to, like, you know, coach something up, like, you know, coach something up, do something about the defense. But he actually hit on it in a, like, uh, I don't know if you heard this, but he hit on it on like a report. Like he was on someone's podcast, I believe, like a Patriots writer. And the guy was like, so like, what's up with our defense? And he just flat out goes, well, we just don't have the talent this year. We don't have like a Dante Hightower. We don't have any of these guys. And the guy was like, isn't that an excuse? And he was just sort of like, what do you want me to do? Bill Belichick, like, I'm not saying Bill Belichick has accepted defeat, but I think this shows you like the limits of Bill Belichick. And that's crazy because he's the greatest coach of all time in like football history. But you need to have talent on the defensive side of the ball and not having Dante Hightower, not having players like Jamie Collins who went away in free agency. They lost multiple defensive players in the last few years, Trey Flowers to the Lions. Duran Harmon to the Lions, like lots of key defensive contributors, and losing all of them has just stunted this defense. So, Florida, I know they won. It's against the Jets, which is terrible, but like, even even though they won, like this Patriots team is just not good. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I also uh, have a question for you before we move yeah, go on. For it. Do you yeah. think Trevor Lawrence is really going to fix the Jets? Because frankly, if I was the Jets, I mean, other than you know, firing Adam Gase after the season. Like you want to ensure you have the tank and the best thing you can do is have Adam Gase ensure that, I mean, you're paying at right now. Like if I'm the Jets owner, I'm paying Adam Gase to lose 16 games. So I get the first overall pick, but I think I'm thinking if I am a team like the Jets, I would want to do a trade similar to what your team, the Indianapolis Colts did with that trade back in 2018, where they traded with the Jets to get um, and the Jets got Sam Darnold you had the Colts draft lots of great players in that 2018 draft, namely Quentin Nelson. I don't know if Darius Leonard, the, uh, the all-pro linebacker, was also drafted based on those picks that were traded. But that being said, like the Jets just don't have any talent. And I don't know if a good quarterback like Trevor Lawrence can even fix that issue. Yeah, that, I mean, you brought up, you bring up good points. But here's the thing. This team had seven wins last year. The same Jets team that everyone says is trash had seven wins last year. Yes, their team got obviously changed. They no longer have uh, arguably the best safety in football in Jamal Adams. They're, they uh, The weapons are, are not there right now. But I Robbie think Anderson, namely. Yeah, Robbie Anderson's not. Yeah, he's killing it right now in Carolina. Um, he's not there right now for the Jets. And they try to replace it with Mims, but Mims is going to take time to develop. We said that in the beginning as well. Uh, when we were analyzing him. But I think right now, if you're the Jets, if they really think Darnold isn't the answer, then uh, that I think you would have to go with Trevor Lawrence here. And I think, personally, I think they definitely see something in this kid, man. And I think it's mainly because Trevor Lawrence is a winner. And I know he can't control both sides of the ball, but 
he has that he has that uh that pedigree honestly where he doesn't lose he i think he's lost uh Arib in his entire career clemson lost last week but he didn't play I think that uh, championship game last uh, last year that he lost in, that was the first game he lost, I believe, since his like junior year of of high school. That and uh, he won the championship even that year. But he he's he's a winner. Obviously, it's the Jets, so you can't expect a lot of different things. But this prospect is definitely different, in my opinion, and is the probably the best uh, prospect coming out of college since maybe an Andrew Luck. But I I think you'd have to you'd be crazy not to take Lawrence number one because the the players that right now in this in this draft class I feel like there's only there's only a couple like really elite linemen that the Jets could take but I think uh, the Jets QB situation is already not like the best by any means so and when the Colts drafted uh, Quentin Nelson uh, they still had Andrew Luck at quarterback and. Jets have Sam Darnold at quarterback, who uh, in their standards has not really proven himself yet. So, yeah, I think that's my stance on that. For her now, right. we can move on. Move on. Um, uh, I think we. I think we should run through a few of these games that didn't really matter. So we can start off with the Giants versus the Washington football team. The final score was 23-20 to 20 with the Giants Nobody coming up up top. Yeah, no one watched this game. Really, hey, one notable do, thing. I do, actually, I do want to say one thing, though, really quickly. I think uh, Alex, Alex Smith uh, now should be heavily favorited for that comeback player of the year. He had himself 325 yards. That's, uh, that's more yards than Daniel Jones and a touchdown. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Alex Smith was showing, out, showing the true veteran he is. Still kept the game close. Uh, Terry McLaurin doing his his own thing, but uh, yeah, I think the Giants. You can definitely say the Giants are the second best team in uh, in the NFC East. I'll be honest. Uh, uh, very impressive one. Can't disagree with you on that one. Uh, we yeah. can move on to the Steelers versus the Dallas Cowboys. Um, honestly. This game was disappointing, and not from the offensive side, from the, like the 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 Steelers. And I have a quick question for you about that. But really, the I just didn't expect the Steelers' defense to allow 19 points. Like the Steelers were down for a good portion of this game until they scored 15 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to Most take the lead. Game, yeah. yeah. But they were behind the entire game, essentially. And that's just really bad. I mean, I guess it shows resiliency because even though they're bad, they ended up coming back and winning. But at the same time, it's just like, what are you doing, Pittsburgh? What are you doing? Like, losing to probably the second worst team in the league. Or lose, like, I mean, they didn't lose, but they were losing probably like, what, 50 minutes of that game, 45? Yeah. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Pretty sad. Um, have the Cowboys figured out some sort of solution for their defense? Because last week, uh, yeah, this week they held the Steelers to 24. Um, the week previously, they held the Eagles to essentially, like, I think the final score was 23. So I think they held them to, like, 16 points. So are they sort of figuring out their defense, or is it just the other team's offense playing really poor football? I mean... It's 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 just kind of sad, man, to see. Uh, I think that I think that the Cowboys though are getting they they may have figured something out, but 
I believe it doesn't that, matter. I think it doesn't matter because I think the offense needs needs to be fixed too. I think, uh, but regardless, I think uh, this is. I think they the, they're screwed regardless. But I think uh, Garrett Gilbert played pretty well, man, for the Cowboys. I, I expected uh, honestly a lot worse, and uh, he played pretty well. Skip Bayless believes that the Cowboys were robbed. I I didn't see that, but I do see that Mike Tomlin had some very questionable decisions uh, later that game, such as going for it on fourth down when you're up by five, uh, when you're on your the Cowboys' 15-yard line, fourth and one, and you decide to go for it because you wanted to end the game instead of having the insurance of being up by eight. Uh, but stuff like that, just keeping Steelers fans uh, pressured, I should say. But, yeah, I think regardless, Steelers got the job done. But this is definitely worrisome on the fact that arguably right now the worst team in the NFC is uh, keeping it close with right now the the only team that's undefeated in the NFL. Uh, It's quite shocking. Dallas was 14-point underdogs, and they covered, only losing by five. We can move on. Quite crazy. Yeah. Um, Texans, Jags. Really the only notable thing here is that Deshaun Watson has to play so good to be a one in seven team in the Jags. And it is just kind of like disgusting. And also Deshaun Watson chemistry with Brandon cooks, namely and Will Fuller is like, it's very much improved. I hear we've talked about it a few times, like maybe a couple weeks ago. Did you hear his comments? Yeah. He, the comments on Will Fuller. He said he was, I think he was sort of on the lines. Like, like the team would have gone to hell if they traded Will Fuller or he would have been mad as hell. Something along those lines just shows you how much like he values um, Will Fuller and Will Fuller isn't like the most reliable wide receiver I'd say, but I mean, I'd say he's good for a deep pass every, every game. And honestly, like every time you, the past six games. Yeah. Yeah. I think he has the longest touchdown streak in the league. I want to say, or somewhere up there and Brandon cooks. I mean, just the, the chemistry that he's built. I mean, I think that's just sort of something underrated. People were crapping on it earlier in the year, but Brandon cooks. Yeah. He's not a Deshaun Watson, but he's getting the job done and he's making multiple big time plays when he has to, and just hats off to him. Yeah. I I wanted to also touch on uh, the rookie quarterback, Jake Luton. He's basically now Minshew 2.0, considering he's the sixth, another sixth-round pick that the Jags drafted. He looked good, bro. Jake Luton actually looked really good. Um, maybe it's the debut. Debut QBs always look good. But I, I like what I saw from him, I'll be honest. And uh, I, I think uh, the Jags keeping it close was pretty cool. Uh, next game. Is Jake uh, Luton better than Ben DiNucci, though? Like, real question. Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. Come on, Arid. Come on. <laughs> Uh, Again, next, uh, uh, Broncos Falcons for me was the next game. And this is another example of, uh, Bron- I mean, Broncos coming up close, but falling short and yeah. the Falcons almost choking <laughs> a game. I think we, we both, when we both predicted this game, I said, I predicted the Falcons every game this year and, uh, I predicted the Falcons to win, but you said the Falcons were going to lose because you predicted exactly what's happened except that the score would flip because uh, they believed the Broncos were going to come back and they were coming back. They had three touchdowns in the fourth quarter and uh, they were definitely on that comeback mission, bro. Uh, yeah. The Falcons still can't hold leads. They were up by 21 and uh, 
no, they, they, I guess they, they, they want to, they want the games to be close. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Falcons. Now Shout out to Jerry um, Judy though. For his first 100 yard game. Yeah. 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 Jerry Judy, man. Future. Uh, he's going to be, a, he's going to be a stud man in this league. And I can't wait for the Broncos to get all their weapons back. Like, uh, Corlin's son, who we both have, we both speak very highly of him. Uh, and yeah, we can uh, we can now move on. Falcons, yeah. up. you didn't show. Next game, uh, I want to talk about Ravens Colts. I think this is this game. It's an impressive win, I'd say, to, for the Baltimore for the Ravens, considering they were down ten three. They only had like fifty yards of offense altogether in the first half. Colts defense was really shutting down Lamar Jackson. But I think this speaks more about Lamar Jackson than it does, honestly, anything about the Colts because he he used he had his resiliency and uh, he bounced back. He had a great second half, uh, and uh, they got they pulled out the W. Um, yeah, nothing much I can really say about this Colts team except the offense was non-existent in the first quarter in the first uh, in the second half, I should say. Uh, that that's all I can really put to that. We can. What and about also, Philip Rivers, uh, Philip Rivers. I don't know if that that pass he threw was a pick, but regardless, it was a very poor throw. Uh, Philip Rivers needs to. I mean, I've never. I was never the biggest Philip Rivers fan. He even had great games, but I mean, this uh, this one didn't really. It, it, I mean, I, most people had it as a loss. I had it as a loss entering into the season, even though I picked the Colts. But I mean. Yeah, uh, not really surprised by the outcome. I'm surprised that we only scored 10 points, though. I, I, I expect us to score more than that. I expected the game to at least be a touchdown game, and it should have, and it, and it wasn't. So, um, yeah, we can move on. Uh, Panthers-Chiefs, this game was too close for comfort, honestly. And uh, it's because I believe Christian McCaffrey came back, who had himself a game. When I, I think Christian McCaffrey – is probably the most valuable player to an offense, man. Uh, but here's the thing. Mike Davis has also been killing it, but now you're seeing, like, what they missed in Christian McCaffrey. 10 receptions, 82 yards, and a touchdown. 18 receptions, 18 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown. <clears throat> Arib, that's, that's crazy numbers, man. That's 151 total yards and two touchdowns. Um, he had the most receptions on the team. and. Uh, yeah, I mean, crazy how he played. Yeah. Um, but on the Chiefs side, I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, I don't know where you can – I don't know what to really say. The Chiefs' defense, we've always had it. I'm thinking – I thought they got definitely got better. But, I mean, uh, allowing 31 from the Panthers, uh, it's not a really great sign by any means. But, hey, man, they still got the W. Yeah, so I just want to shout out sort of to Teddy Bridgewater. Like, I know he still lost the game, but going up against Patrick Mahomes, I mean, really this game was a fun game to watch. They were in it almost the entire game, and I just want to give a shout out to that. Also, some bad news. Christian McCaffrey, I believe, will be out for another few weeks with like, I think he hurt his shoulder, I believe. So really comes back for one week, almost beats the Chiefs, and then gets hurt again. Um. Yeah, but other than that, like this game, it came down to really came down to the defense, honestly. And the Chiefs, 
this is why I think we've hit on it a few times. I don't know if we've done it on the podcast, but in my opinion, there's no real like super team. I feel like every year, like going back the last few five years, like you can go back and be like, you know, like the 20, like the 2016 or 2017, 2018 Patriots. Like you'd be like, yep, that that's a really good team. You know, it's a super team. You can confidently pick them and you know, they're going to, they're going to blow teams out. But this year, like there's no real perfect team. Because the teams with the best defenses either have bad offenses. Like we can look at the Chicago Bears. They have a phenomenal defense, but then they have a pretty bad offense. Even like the Ravens for that matter. Like the Ravens have like, I think the best scoring defense in football. And they're still like lackluster sometimes on the offensive side of the ball. Um, similar thing with the Colts who are third. Like, the t- like the, there's a weird defensive and offensive split. And the really, really the only team that has both I'd say are the Steelers because the Steelers have like generally like we've seen their defense play pretty good. And I was going to say the Chiefs until this game, the Chiefs until this game were having like pretty solid defenses football and letting up 31 to the Panthers. I don't know if it's bad, but at the same time, it's sort of worrisome. And so I guess my final point takeaway from this game is that there are no super teams. Yeah, I, I think I, I agree with you there. There are no super teams. People were overhyping the Le'Veon Bell acquisition. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire only had uh, – E-Lair, I should say, only had five carries that game. But, yeah, I think you're right. There are no super teams. Any team can be beat at any time. And the Steelers, honestly, even though they won and they are undefeated, they'll get beat very, very soon. Very, very, very soon. They look very suspect going back into that game. But – I, you're right. Any team can lose at any time to any, honestly, anyone. And no one expected that Steelers game to be that close. Moving on, uh, another irrelevant game, the Lions-Vikings game. We Stafford did play, but he didn't look like himself out there. Uh, and that's why he, he got benched, actually. And, uh, yeah, there's nothing else to talk about. But Dalvin Cook, man. I think he's making himself into the position of where he can win uh, Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, 22 carries for 206 yards and two touchdowns. That's an Adrian Peterson-esque performance in that Minnesota Vikings purple. Uh, thoughts on that, Arif? Yeah, so you're, you're talking about that. There was actually, like, I saw a clip earlier today, and it was, like, Adrian Peterson sitting on the sideline for the Detroit Lions watching one of Dalvin Cook's runs where he just, like, he gets met by, the like, the defender in the backfield, but he just puts his leg in the ground, and he just bursts past him. And that was sort of funny to watch. Um, I I said I, I said, I think I would agree. Like, Dalvin Cook, right now, I believe he has almost 900 yards rushing. He has over, I think I want to say over 1,000 yards from scrimmage, somewhere around there, seven touchdowns. So, and I think, I think this is in seven games, I want to say. I don't know. Actually, no, it's in eight games, I think. But still, like that's those are phenomenal numbers for a running back. And yeah, if he keeps putting up these like 200 yards from scrimmage games and like having a touchdown, then there's no reason why he shouldn't be a leader for the Offensive Player of the Year award. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, moving on to uh, the Bears Titans game. This game, even though it's it's a one possession game, it has it. Titans took control honestly for most of this game. Nick Foles playing normal, uh, normal regular season Nick Foles stuff. Uh, Montgomery going back to his usual. And uh, the Bears defense still playing majority of the game. We can move on, honestly. 
I think that's fair yeah. to say, right? Um, yeah. You're saying the majority of the time, yeah, they, they lost the time of possession by almost eight minutes. Like, that's yeah, just yeah, not that, the that's best. Another, that's all that's all that's all that. <laughs> We can move on. Honestly, from now on, if the Bears' time of possession is under or over five minutes, you can just tell me that stat, and without even knowing the score, I could tell you who won the game. And I think that's fair to say, right? Yeah, I mean, like the defense just can't be on the ball, can't be on the side, like they can't be on the field for that long, just flat out. Like Ryan Tannehill didn't even play the greatest game, but all he needed to do was throw a couple of dimes to AJ Brown, and they were leading. Like, yeah, the, t- the t- like, dude, here's this crazy thing: Derrick Henry played trash. Ryan Tannehill honestly played trash. Uh, they won this game because the Bears' offense sucked. That's the honest truth. And, uh, and that's the story of the Bears' that, season, Amal. Like, you, can't, you can't say that the, Bear, the Bears' defense is the reason the Titans lost. And if you say that, you, need a, you, you don't deserve – you should get your football card stripped because there's no, there's no way you can say that. And it, it, even though the Titans only scored – it was 24-17. The way the Bears' offense played, man, you it could have been a blowout. And even though it wasn't, it was because Tannehill and Derrick Henry got shut down because of that Bears' defense. 21 carries, 68 yards for Derrick Henry, man. That's probably the lowest I've seen in like a year and a half, right, Ari? That's the lowest I've ever seen from Derrick Henry in a long time. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, the Bears just suck. Like, is like their offense awesome. is bad, and that's a reason why I don't even have them like realize it. Like, I don't even know if I can put them in the top 16, in all honesty. Like, I don't know if they're... The thing, Arim, when they were actually good, when they were, I believe, the three seed in the NFC about two years ago, they at least had a run game. Like, Tariq Cohen was really good. Jordan Howard. Uh, Jordan Howard was really good. David Montgomery right now, he's the sole running back, and they have Cordero Patterson, but he's like a gadget guy almost. And... Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty suspect altogether because David. And the Montgomery offensive made- line is also just really poor. Oh, and this, the offensive line got way worse. Kyle Long retired, I believe, and uh, yeah, I, the the Bears' offensive line definitely has gotten significantly worse, and they haven't really been able to invest in these past drafts because they've been they gave up their first round picks to get Khalil Mack, and it was a good trade for them. Don't get me wrong, but. Now that Bears offense is heavily depleted, the quarterback, even though he isn't playing the best, the O-line is not the best. The running back is not the best. The only thing that's really good about the team is Jimmy Graham and Aaron, Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller. Those guys are all really good. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, that the running Bears back. The Bears suck. The Bears, the Bears, man, they got to really fix it. Five and four, I mean – you can make the argument that they should be like what three and five, three and six right now. They're not playing the best football. And considering I had them a week, uh, maybe like three, four weeks ago into my top ten, uh, I believe it was heading into the. It was after um, the Bucks game. Bucks game, yeah, because that was a very impressive win, and that's still a very impressive win. That was the game that Bulls. He had a he had a crappy first first half, first quarter, and then he picked it up, and then. The Bears' defense never really had to play that same intensity ever again because they were on the field less because the Bears' offense played good. And now it's, it's going back, it's going all back downhill. So, uh, yeah, not surprised. We can move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, next game that I want to talk about. Raiders-Chargers. Raiders-Chargers. Dude, this game was close, man. And what did I tell you? 
the reason that I picked the Raiders to win this game is because the Chargers couldn't close. And once again, I was right. Uh, I mean, Justin Herbert last second threw a touchdown pass, um, and uh, it got reversed. The receiver did not have possession, uh, complete control of the ball when landing. And uh, yeah, they lost. I'm not surprised. I am surprised. I, I, what I do, though, appreciate is uh, Justin Herbert's uh, effort, man. He's been killing it. I believe, actually, Arib, fun fact, Arib, uh, Justin Herbert's second in yards from the time he's come in. Uh, and the only person behind him is Russell Wilson. That's great as a rookie, man. I think you can agree with that. And he's been killing it. He's been carrying that offense. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are doing their thing. And... Uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm genuinely impressed. Kalen Balaj, you've heard of that name probably because he played for the Miami Dolphins. He played for the Jets as well. He got he got the majority of the workload, and he got 15 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown. Just his first game, and as a Charger, and he played really well as. Um, but I think uh, the Raiders somehow just pulled it because of their strong uh, defense. Even though this allowed 26 points, uh, I think that's definitely the major reason to why they, they pulled this off. Yeah, I want to give a shout-out to Justin Herbert. So since he came in in week two after like surprisingly coming in because of the whole Tyrod getting punctured in the lung thing. So I don't know if you know this, all. The rookie touchdown record is held by currently Baker Mayfield. He did it in 13 and a half games. With 27 amazing, touchdown passes. He's yeah. amazing. That was a mm-hmm. great season by Baker Mayfield. Still yeah. the best Baker Mayfield I've seen. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, this year, Justin Herbert, he's on pace to throw 36 touchdowns, and that's in those 15 games. So, I mean, he's on pace to shatter this touchdown record. I mean, if he does it. touchdowns is amazing. That's probably – he'd probably be in the top three quarterbacks, top four quarterbacks with 36 touchdowns. Some years it could be top two. That's impressive, man. Yeah, and I don't think he's going to hit 36, but even if he breaks the record, which, I mean, he's only 10 touchdowns away currently, at least the passing touchdown record, then, I mean, I mean that's just crazy. I mean, he, has, he still has, I think, I think I want to say eight games left to play. So, yeah. touchdowns in, uh, or 10 touchdowns in eight games. I mean, that record Absolutely. is just waiting to be broken. Yeah, impressive. I think uh, Herbert's definitely making a strong case. And I've seen a lot of talk shows today. Uh, saying who who is the offensive uh, rookie of the year right now, and uh, it's 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 really close, honestly, between Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Because although Joe Burrow is not getting the wins, he, I mean, and, and uh, isn't getting a lot of the spotlight because he's on the Bengals, what he's working with is nothing. Man. Herbert has an all-world receiver in Keenan Allen, honestly, an all-world second receiver, honestly, Mike Williams. I think Mike Williams is getting completely overlooked. He's a great receiver as well. And uh, he's got a great offense around him in Justin Herbert. And Joe Burrow, unfortunately, has no offensive line, no Joe Mixon for the past three weeks. Uh, and he, the receivers are very inconsistent. Tyler Boyd's the only consistent receiver he has. And T. Higgins. T. Higgins is good, too. But A.J. Green is inconsistent. Um, John Ross, I haven't even seen him play. But it, it just goes to show, I mean, that uh, the, Herbert's in a – perfect position to succeed right now and Burrow's unfortunately not and with the weapons that Burrow has it's very close to it's very close for uh, who's going to win that uh, offensive rookie of the year for me yeah 
I 100% agree with you that. It's going to be an interesting battle to see what happens later on in the season. I think we can move on here. I want to hit on the Sunday night football game. Oh, oh, three games now. I forgot about that game. Yeah, the Sunday night football game. This game is disappointing. Yeah, so it was the New Orleans Saints at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There were fans in the stands, which is crazy, but Florida just doesn't have any rules. And the Saints and Tom Brady, namely, had his worst loss in his entire career, 38-3. to losing. Uh, they lost by 35 points. And honestly... I don't know where the problem was. Like on the defensive side of the ball, this defense, which has played really good the last couple of seasons, a couple of games rather, they just got flat out exposed. I mean, there's a reason why they allowed 38 points. It's because they just sucked. But also Tom Brady threw three picks, and like that's just not putting your team at the best position to succeed. So a few things. Tom Brady, obviously there's some blame putting on, put on him. Like he just couldn't complete the deep ball. He was 0 for 5 on passes that were 20 or more air yards, and he was only 8 for 15 for passes that was a 10 or more air yards. Like, that's just very bad. And also the offensive line. I, there's multiple times – I don't know if you watched this entire game. I'm all, I turned it off in the fourth quarter. But every from what I watched, every other play, it was Cameron Jordan in the backfield pressuring Tom Brady. He didn't have time to throw. And, I mean, if you look at – like, if you look back at the peak Patriots days, man, I mean – Every time you look at Tom Brady and every time they were successful, even making these comebacks, let alone just winning games, like Tom Brady had time and he had no time. I think according to ESPN, he was pressured on 46.3% of his dropbacks. And I think the the, the, the game staff, like the, the guys who were calling the game or whatever, the halftime show, they were hitting on some key things before the game. And it was the first thing they said was pressuring Tom Brady or pe- pressuring Drew Brees, whichever team rattles the other quarterback will win the game. And just flat out, they rattled Tom Brady. They got on his face multiple times. He only completed six out of 16 passes when he was like uh, under duress, according to ESPN. And just flat out, he was under pressure and he couldn't play well. And he was under pressure too much. And I think this just exposes a fatal, fatal flaw. And also, like I said, with multiple times, and we're going to say it for the next game we go over too with the Seahawks-Bills game, but there are no super teams this year. Any team can be beaten by any team. And we just saw this, uh, this Brady's team just look extremely lackluster. Swept now 2-0. Or this is a big deal because, because uh, even if the Bucks catch up to the Saints, and they are only a game behind, a half a game behind. So it's not a big deal. But even if they catch up, the Saints have the head-to-head record outright. And uh, they would never be able to necessarily cross them unless they have a flat-out better record than them. Um, for the, for me, this game, I, there's so many things I could talk about. First thing I want to talk about, uh, fun fact, the leading rush on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had nine yards on three carries, and that was Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette had one carry for zero yards. Where did both of those guys go? I have no clue. But here's the thing. You can't be running the ball a lot when you're down by that much. I think that's a very fair point. Total yards, rushing yards for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, eight yards total. Uh, I've never seen ever. I've never, ever, ever seen that. Eight Mm -hmm. yards total in a game. Unheard of. The leading rusher of this game. I've also never seen this, is a third-string quarterback. Taysom Hill, 54 yards rushing on seven attempts. Uh, Also, Taysom Hill had 48 yards passing on two completions. 
And then Taysom Hill also had 21 yards receiving. Uh, this man is a, a living legend. Great game out of Drew Brees. Uh, besides all that, great game from Drew Brees. Drew Brees didn't have to really necessarily do much. Michael Thomas, welcome back. Back to being useless. Uh, um, yeah, I think the main thing I can definitely say here is that Breeze got all of his receivers healthy at the same time. And it was a blessing because he got Emmanuel Sanders back. He got Michael Thomas back. And that, that definitely helped uh, this team propel to another level on offense. And on the defensive side, it's just – I told you, man, the Bucks' offensive line is just horrific right now. Uh, still making careless mistakes. And uh, as a result, that's why uh, Tom Brady had three picks, no touchdowns, 200 yards passing. Uh, it's a very uncharacteristic game from, from Tom Brady, I can definitely say that. And uh, I, don't, I highly doubt we see that again. Yeah, Even I want to say one thing as well. So the Bucks, you said they ran it. Last year. Ran- yeah, the Bucks ran the ball five times. You said four times. There was a kneel down in, included in those in that apparently, and that's oh the God, lowest. Yeah. yeah, that's the lowest time uh, or the lowest like rushing attempts apparently in a game since 1933, and that was when wow. like they started recording these stats. So wow, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, Leonard Fournette getting a carry the entire game. One carry. You have LaShawn McCoy on your team, too. You have Rashad. You have Tayshon, uh, You have uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. And then you have Ronald Jones. Three, honestly, four, honestly, pretty good running backs. And you've only run the ball four times. I'm not going to count the kneel now. You only run the ball four times, and you get you get eight yards. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how to how I feel about it. Even if you're down, I would still run the ball because you've never really tested if you're only running it. Four, four times. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm happy also to see my, our man uh, Antonio Brown come back, getting three receptions, 31 yards. But he could have he could have popped off that game. Um, there were multiple times when he was wide open and Brady over simply overthrew him. So I think this was also a game where I would blame Brady because he, he obviously didn't play. He didn't show up. But I think another thing you'd have to blame is Bruce Arians, man. Bruce Arians uh, – he hasn't been making the right play calls necessarily. He hasn't been uh, running the offense well by any means. And this defense that was so that was so great the past couple of weeks hasn't really showed up, like you said. Um, yeah, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were three-point favorites, and they ended up only scoring three points. So we can go. <laughs> yeah, Seahawks, Bills. Um, fatal flaw. Week. That, that just sort of seems like our trend this week. I'm all, wouldn't you agree? Fatal flaw? Yeah. Uh, think, yeah, that's fair to say. I think also this is, even though Russell Wilson had 390 yards and two touchdowns, he also threw for two picks. I think uh, that's the most he's thrown, <laughs> I believe, this entire season. Uh, Russell Wilson, is a, he didn't throw any picks, I believe, for like the first five weeks. And uh, if he, he did throw three against Arizona – like through three against ago. Arizona and then two and then two now against Buffalo. Uh, I mean, I I'm shocked because the uh, the Seahawks now have dropped back to back games. Uh, so I don't know how that makes me think of them. I think they're still really good, obviously, but the way they lost is uh 
they they were never really in the game. They never were close. They were up. The Bills were up twenty four seven. Then it got to twenty seven twenty, but then the Bills uh, pulled it together, and then they were up the forty one twenty. So uh, this game was never really super interesting by any means. Uh, just a one sided performance, dominant performance by Josh Allen, which is why I think he he's definitely in the conversation for in the MVP race. But a uh, great game, 415 yards. This is this is his first game, I believe, Arib, where he's above 300 yards uh, passing. Kind of crazy. Uh, um, no, nah, it isn't. He his first three weeks, I believe, he was also under three over 300 yards. Maybe maybe 400 yards. That's probably what it is. Yeah, I think 400 yards is the stat. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's the stat. Yeah, 400 yards. No need to really run the ball uh, here. John Brown, welcome back. He had himself a good game. Uh, uh, eight receptions for 99 yards. Stephon Diggs doing his thing. I think the main thing here is honestly, this is this is pretty truthful. The the West Coast teams do not fare well in Buffalo. The Rams didn't fare well in Buffalo, and the Seahawks clearly didn't fare well in Buffalo. I thought it would. I thought it actually would get broken here. But the, these West Coast teams can't seem to beat uh, Buffalo in their home turf. And uh, I guess there's, that streak still continues where the West yeah. Coast. I mean, them. the travel is a real thing, to be fair. It, it, it is. It is. I think I hate giving excuses because this is just a, it was not a great performance whatsoever. Also, the main takeaway here, I, I can't believe I didn't say this. The defense of the Seattle Seahawks sucks now. They suck. For a team to be arguably the best team in the NFC, this defense sucks. I mean, it's on another level of that. I think uh, the only guys you can – I think name, household names, the only guys you could probably name are Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams. Great that Jamal Adams come, came back. Can you name anyone? I mean, obviously we can, but I don't think anyone else would really know who these guys are. And uh, it was just a very poor performance. Quentin Dunbar was getting burned left, right, and center by Stephon Diggs. Uh, yeah, this was just a complete utter shit show, to say the very least. Um, yeah, it was not it was it was not pleasant to watch mm-hmm. because the, he, Josh Allen just cooked, and I think now every team is gonna cook. Sadly, on this uh, Seattle defense. Yeah. So right now, looking at I'm looking at the defensive rankings, so points allowed per game. Currently, there are five teams allowing uh, thirty points or more per game which is down from I think week six was the last time I looked at this where it was like nine teams. So the five teams are Detroit, Houston, Seattle, Jacksonville, and Dallas. And I think it's very fitting to me for me to use the phrase, there's an among uh, an imposter among us because I mean, four of those teams suck. They're they'll have losing records like Detroit. I don't think Detroit sucks, but they're not like, the best team Houston, like they just flat out suck. Like Deshaun Watson's trying to carry, but he can't carry Jacksonville sucks. And Dallas sucks. So Seattle is the only good team and it's testament to just how good like their offense is. And just the lack of defensive talent is very like apparent. Like you can clearly see this team sucks on the defensive side of the ball. And there's a reason why they've allowed 44 points. They allowed 37 the last game against Arizona, I believe just very poor football and just flat out on the defense side of the ball. And really when I think of Aaron, when I think of rather Russell Wilson, like 
really Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, like their careers are really parallel, like early success, early Super Bowls. And then afterwards their team just sort of fell apart around them and they had to carry them. Like I'm thinking back to like 2015, 2016, 2018, 2017, even though, uh, even though Aaron Rodgers got hurt that year, but those are like the teams where Aaron Rodgers had to carry and he did it for a couple of years and then he just couldn't do it anymore. And I wonder if the Seahawks like are running towards that sort of, future like where russell wilson's phenomenal but like your team just sucks everywhere else around him and he can't do enough to win games and really the defense is the fatal flaw it's their achilles heel for this team and it's why i don't really think i can pick them to win a super bowl yeah man also the seahawks are just suspect in recent history in the playoffs i mean i don't know what's going on they haven't been the same since the legion of boom and uh, regardless, a very poor performance uh, from that Seattle defense. I, that's to say the least. And Russell Wilson throwing two picks, yeah, you shouldn't see that. I, I normally would not. See I mean, that. he has to be perfect for them to win. Because, like yeah. you said, the, you said the and Legion of Boom days, perfect. like they were good yeah. in the playoffs. He has been playing pretty perfect the first mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, you can definitely see that. I mean, Seahawks winning the Super Bowl, it would be if he played perfect. And we can definitely see that happening. And it would but, be a fun game. And But that also being said, the odds are more likely than not that he won't play perfect because not every human being could be perfect all the time. That, too, being three games in a row. Uh, so that, that I, like, I think I completely agree with you that it's going to be very hard uh, betting or, or picking the Seahawks to win the Super Bowl because of this. And the Bills aren't even, the Bills aren't even like all special. Uh, they are a good team. They're a team that's definitely on the rise, but uh, yeah, I mean, to get beaten down, I think this is a this is a typical beat down uh, game. They the Seahawks almost came back, but the Bills just wanted to beat them down even more. Uh, that's all the yeah. games that we have for this week. Wait, no, nah, there's actually one more. Oh wait, no, there's one more. This was the game of the week. The game of the week by far. Um, amazing game, the, the Miami Dolphins game versus uh, the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, Arib, would you ever believe we'd be talking about Salvan Ahmed? No, I still don't know who that is. Yeah, there you go. Salvan Ahmed, uh, 37, uh, 38 yards on seven carries. He led the Dolphins in rushing. He's t- it looks like he's going to be the guy that's going to be picking up slack when uh, Miles Gaskin is uh, out. Um, now, Tua Tungavailoa had himself a game. He, he looked really good. I don't know if you saw that one run where he was breaking tackles, but he looked, he looked very impressive. He, it was put, almost um, he put DeAndre Baker on skates a couple of those runs. So yeah, like, that's I mean, impressive. Very. Yeah. Agreed. He, he looked great out there. Uh, but the main takeaway here, Kyler Murray also had himself an amazing game. Probably the best game I've seen of Kyler Murray today. Um, through 283 yards passing on three touchdowns. And then on the ground, he had 106 yards and a touchdown. Uh, impressive performance. Once again, the, the Cardinals had over 100. Uh, uh, the Dolphins won the game despite uh, the Cardinals having over 100 yards more uh, total yards. And I think the reason here is, of course, this Miami Dolphins defense. This defense, for some reason, has been – Amazing. It's like they stole all these New England players and put them on uh, 
put them on uh, the Pats. I mean, put them on the Dolphins. Eric Rose there, Kyle Van Noy is there. Uh, I mean, Reed, don't you find that kind of crazy? Uh, there's so many different players that are from the Pats that are on the Dolphins defense. And it's because of the Brian Flores thing, maybe. But uh, I think By- and Byron Jones is there, of course. But uh, Dolphins looked very impressive out there, man. I think they're a serious team mm-hmm. now. They beat two of the two NFC West teams, and that NFC West division is clearly is very stacked. Uh, Cardinals, honestly, they had three losses they have, man. They could have won all three games. Uh, they beat impressive teams. They beat Seattle, but uh, this this is a this is definitely a loss they shouldn't have. They lost the Lions as well. Um, but hey, man. Uh, this is a, I don't think this is a loss you can get down on Kyler Murray. This is a loss where you'd blame it on Zane Gonzalez. I'm kidding. Kickers may miss kicks, but, I mean, Zane Gonzalez has got to hit that kick. But uh, that's back-to-back weeks where he mm-hmm. so, Yeah. So uh, for the Dolphins, right, I want to draw a parallel to another good team in the Seahawks. So if I look at the Dolphins, like in key moments, there are key third downs and fourth downs where they had stops, and that – I mean, that essentially won them the game. They won the game, I think, on a stop, I want to believe. It was they handed the ball off on fourth down, the Cardinals did, and it was stopped by the Miami Miami Dolphins defense. And if you look at another good team like the Seahawks, like even though they put up points, their defense doesn't come up with those clutch stops. And that's the difference between like like the ceiling of teams, I feel like. Like I know obviously the Seahawks have a higher ceiling than the Dolphins. The Dolphins have a rookie quarterback in Tua. He's only really played two games and he's only had one really good one this game. And he was good in this game. Like, don't get me wrong. But the thing is, like, the difference between those great teams are teams that can make defensive stops. And th- the Dolphins just flat out could make those defenses stops. And I don't know if they're a top 10 team yet for me, but the fact that they're able to do something that lots of other teams can't do. I mean, this, uh, this Miami Dolphins defense, like you hit on it, they're a good defense. They're currently top five in scoring defense, 21.1 games a point allowed per game. And they're only behind Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, the Rams, and the Ravens. So, I mean, that's impressive. Like, I know they allowed 31 points, but they, when they had to make big stops, they made big stops down the stretch. And that, to me, is impressive. Yeah, well said. Uh, now we can move on to our uh, power rankings, our top 10 teams entering into week number 10. Uh, so I want to see what we had last week. Last week, we uh, – we we you had the same exact ten teams I believe. Uh, our, so number one for you, you had the Chiefs, two Steelers, three Seahawks, four Bucks, five Packers, six Ravens, seven Titans, eight Saints, nine Cardinals, ten Bills. For me, my top ten had Steelers one, Chiefs two, Seahawks three, Bucks four, Packers five, Ravens six. Saints seven, uh, Cardinals eight, Bills nine, and the Titans ten. Uh, now, Reeb, who's your number one team for this week? Entering into week ten, I should say. I've still got to stick with the Chiefs. Like even though they weren't the greatest against the the Panthers, I think the Panthers are criminally underrated. Like what Joe Judge is not Joe Judge. What Matt Rule, Matt Rule, yeah, what Matt Rule is doing down there? Like I thought it would be a rebuild where they go like four and twelve, but 
I mean, they're playing good football and they've lost a ton of really close games. And I think you, I think you had the Steelers at number one last week. The reason I can't bump up the Steelers is because they just played worse against a worse opponent. And the Chiefs, when they had to, they ended up winning. And I think that that matters to me more. Yeah. Um, if the Chiefs lost this game, they would have probably stayed at two for me. And uh, since they won and the Steelers won, but that win was against Dallas, and Dallas is better than the Panthers. Uh and um, I'm going to take – I'm going to now move the Chiefs back to one. I've had three different teams now in my number one read. I have had the Chiefs at one at one point. I've had the Seahawks, I believe, at one at one point. And I've had um, – now – and then I had the Steelers last week. So, the, like you said, I think that's the major difference for me. Two, I have the Steelers, and I'm pretty sure you have the Steelers now too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so uh, I want to hear your number three. Okay, um, so my number three, my number three is going to be, I'm going to put the Packers at three. And I know they their two losses are very suspect, but I think uh, I'm just really high on this Packers team, man. That's all I can really say. Um, they look dominant. I'll put it this. I'll put it to you this way: in all their wins, they've looked very dominant. But the losses, they look very suspect. Um, yeah. I'm also having the Packers at three. And to me, it's because I think they had the best defense to offense ratio, if that makes sense. Like, their defense can make plays when they have to. And I think their offense can also be, like, extremely high-powered. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, the only real teams I'm competing with are the Seahawks. Um and the Seahawks just don't have a defense. And the Packers' defense is also, like, heavily flawed. Like, they can't stop the run, like, every other game. They allow, like, 200 yards. But, I mean, I can sort of count on them to come up clutch later on in games, and I can't trust the Seahawks' defense to do that whatsoever. Yeah. Um, so, your number four, then, is Seattle. Mm-hmm. So, my number four here, I'm going to actually – leapfrog uh team seattle seattle is going to be for me at five uh four for me is going to be new orleans and new orleans is at four because of their win streak they've uh been climbing up my power rankings uh recently they've been climbing up and it's because people were low on new orleans after their loss against uh the raiders but they've been steadily climbing and they've been playing pretty well pretty good football and just their last week, their dominant win against the top five team we had last week in the Buccaneers. That that's that's a very big statement, and uh, statement win I should say. They swept them now in the series season series, and uh, that's a very big win. They had them at seven, and now I have them at four, where the where I had the Bucks last week. So yeah, I'm, that's a direct swap. Yeah, so I put I had the Saints at eight last week, and I also had the Bucks at five. I'm switching those two places. I have the Saints at number five here, and to me, the most impressive thing is I think their defense early on this season was really lackluster, but they've picked it up. I mean, they allowed only three points last week against. I mean, I know the offensive line for the Buccaneers is suspect, but they have weapons like they have Fournette, they have Jones, they have AB, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, even Scotty Miller, bro. They have all these great players, and the fact that they only held that and Tom Brady to three points to me is impressive. And I think I had them at I had them below the Seahawks just because I think 
I can rely on the Seahawks offense more, but and that can literally change any other week. And if the Seahawks have another lackluster performance where their defense just blows up and the Saints offense does what they did against the Bucks, I definitely there's no reason why the Saints couldn't even be a top three team in my opinion. They could over over like they could jump past the Packers as well. Yeah, I think I think the potential for the Saints is obviously very high. And we both have them coming out of the NFC uh, entering into the season uh, because of that high potential. And um, for me, five and six was close. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie because we both were high on the Colts entering into this week. We've had them right outside the top ten, and the Ravens impressively beat the Colts. Um, so, but I did still stick with Seattle at five because even though they aren't a two-game win streak, they are Seattle. They started off six and zero, and they still look very impressive despite that lackluster defense. So I'm gonna keep Seattle at five there. So Seattle and Green Bay direct swap from five and three, and uh, I'm gonna and then the swap of uh, New Orleans and Tampa. Yeah, that's also gonna be a big swap. But I don't have ten. We'll see where Tampa's ranked right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so six. For me, I, I since I already told you my five was uh, Buffalo. Uh, my five was Seattle. Um, my six is Baltimore, um, and that's because of their impressive win. They've mm-hmm. been at six Same for, for me, me as well. last week, and yeah, I'm going to keep them there. Seven for me. I'm going to put Buffalo now at seven because of that impressive win they had. Yeah, for me, I have the Titans, and I think I just trust Tannehill more than Josh Allen like flat out like Josh Allen has played really bad against these like like against good defenses just flat out and he's played good football against these bad defenses but I've seen Ryan Tannehill like I just think Ryan Tannehill is just more clutch dude like even when he doesn't play well all he needs to do is throw a couple good balls and I mean that's all it takes like I don't know if Josh Allen can hold on to that long term if that makes sense I just think this Titans team already beat this Bills team like handedly. And I don't think there's any reason for my opinion from that game to like change. Fair enough. Um, my, my, uh, my eight team will be Titans. I think uh, <clears throat> because they beat the bears and the bears didn't, the, the Titans didn't even play great to beat the bears. Um, and uh, yeah, the Titans defense still looked pretty good. So I'm gonna put I'm gonna put the Titans. I moved them from nine to eight, from ten to eight. I moved them. The Bills I moved from nine to seven, and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I had the Bucks at eight, so it's just the flipping of the Titans and Bills for me and you. Not not a big deal, but I just did. I did call an audible. I originally had the Bucks at eight, but I dropped them down to nine because I mean, just thirty eight to three, dude. I know it's one game. But you'd expect to see some sort of fight. I know it's a divisional game; weird things happen. But still, like I, I don't expect Tom Brady to lose by thirty-five points. And like, there's just some sort of problem going on there, and I don't know what it is. But it, it just seems very odd to me. Yeah, we both had the Bucks at four, and now we both actually have the Bucks at nine because I also have them at nine. It's odd, odd how they perform, man. I'll be honest; it's very odd to look at that game. And lastly, for my 10 team, um, this is a new team now in my top 10. Uh, I had the Cardinals in my top 10 last week. I had them at 8 last week. And uh, now they're completely out of my top 10. They're at 11 for me. So my 10th team now is the team that uh, that they lost to, and that's going to be the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they've been trending up for me. Uh, they've won two straight impressive wins, and – 
Fitzmagic, Fitzmagic also carried that an impressive win right before he lost his job to where they. That's the first game Tua played, uh, even though he didn't start. But the the Dolphins are on a win streak and they continue to sustain it and uh, beat an impressive team such as the Cardinals. And if the Cardinals beat the Dolphins, they would have probably climbed up higher. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm impressed with the Dolphins and Dolphins and Cardinals do have the same record. Uh, so I'm going to take the Dolphins with a slight nod. I'm going to put them at 10. Yeah, so I still have the Cardinals in the top 10. I have them at number 10. I do have the Dolphins at number 11. And really, to me, this is just the difference is I think the Cardinals have a peak that I don't know the Dolphins like necessarily have. And that's mainly on the offensive side of the ball. I think the Dolphins' defense is definitely better. But – like when you want to win games, it comes down to the offense. And there's a reason why I have teams like the Packers and Seahawks, namely the Seahawks who have huge offensive uh, defensive problems rather. But if you want to win games, you got to score points. And I haven't seen the sample size yet from Tua and that offense in order for me to believe that they can score points when they have to. Yeah, that's, that's also fair. I think that's, that's very, it's definitely something to look into. So um, twelve for me. I have uh, I have the Colts at twelve, and I have the Raiders at thirteen, and then probably just I'll just say fourteen for me. Fourteen, I have the Rams. So that's uh, those are the seven seven. So those are my fourteen teams. Top fourteen. Um, so yeah, we have the same teams pretty much from ten to fourteen, but it's a bit switched for me. I have. The Dolphins at 11, Raiders at 12, I have the Rams at 13, and then I have the Colts at 14. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, I think the Ra- Raiders uh, and the Colts one is close. And I yeah, think, I uh, mean, those teams are all, yeah. like, playoff teams. Those, and yeah. I think there's a decent shot we'll see all playoff four. Playoff contenders, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think playoff contenders is the word to use, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, can move on, honestly, right? a team right. that's not mm-hmm. in that top 14 that's definitely going to make the playoffs is your Philadelphia Eagles. Um yeah, yeah, they're down. They're not. They're nowhere near the top fourteen. I mean, they're probably around like maybe nineteen, maybe eighteen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. They're probably around that range. But hey, man, they they're getting it done. So, yeah, we can move on uh, yeah. to our game predictions for this week. Week ten. How is it already week ten? Um, yeah, we yep. can start off, or you can take it because it's your team on Thursday night football. Yeah, Colts Titans, uh, eight twenty game. This was a short turnaround game. I'm going to keep it straight simple. I'm going to take the time for this game. And uh, it's because it's a short turnaround. The Colts just played the Baltimore Ravens. It's going to be – it is a, it's kind of a must-win for the Colts. But because uh, if the Titans also lose this game – but it's also a must-win for the Titans because if the Titans lose, then uh, the Colts take the division lead. And uh, the rest for the Titans, I think, will help out in their favor. Uh, so – and considering the Bears are not a – the Bears – aren't as difficult as the Baltimore Ravens are. I'll, I think I'll take the Titans uh, based off of that. Yeah, I mean, the Titans are just better on every facet of the ball. I think they have better weapons. They have a better quarterback. They have a better head coach. They don't have a better defense necessarily, but I think the offensive, the difference in the offense is nowhere close on offense. I mean, no Brian Tannehill is just yeah. a far better player than Phillip Rivers. And right yeah, now. I'm picking the Titans as well. Yeah, I think... Uh, I hope this game is close. I'll, I'll put it to you that way. It's a two-point Titans are favored. I think I think it'll be within a touchdown, but we'll see uh, how that game rolls on Thursday night. I'm going to be rooting for my Colts. Uh, next game, we have the football team Lions. This Lions are four-point favorites. I'm going to take the Lions here. 
uh, yeah, we can move on. I think. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen Alex Smith. I know. He, he, I think he's still comeback player of the year, just coming back from the injury. But we haven't seen him play good football yet. And I think the Lions are just a far better football team. Yeah, we haven't seen the like Washington prime football Alex, team. Yeah, yeah, we haven't seen like prime Alex Smith show up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and we yeah, might never see Falcons, it show up. We, we might never see that show up. But if we do, that'd be special. Uh, Jacks Packers, we can move on. Um, Bucks, yeah, Packers. Uh, yeah, we yeah we both have the Packers. Bucks Panthers. Um, this game actually does matter because the did they have they faced each other before? Reed? Um. Let me look at the schedule real quick. I no, they haven't. I don't think. Have don't they? believe so, but let's check. No, um, they haven't. Oh no, they have. They have. They have. Yeah, they have. They beat them, I believe, the first time. Yeah, they beat. It was week two. The Packers. They the beat Panthers them. Lost, lost by fourteen. Oh, yeah, they beat them. Yeah, yeah. So um, I predicted entering into the season. I don't know how, why, because I didn't expect anything from the Panthers, but I expected this game, this series, to split. Um, so I'm going to take the Panthers this this game as the upset, one and a half points. Yeah, I just don't think the Bucks are going to lose two back to back games like in that manner. Like I think they can only go up from here, and it's crazy. I didn't know Tom Brady has 20 touchdowns on the year. That's actually like kind of crazy. Yeah, um, I don't know why, but and he had I zero last week. He had zero last he had week. Zero last week. So that's essentially 20 touchdowns in eight games. He was on pace for 40 touchdowns on the season. That's great. But anyway, that's besides the point here. I think the Bucks are just a better team. Like the Panthers, it's going to be a close game. Like I can already tell you that. Hey, it's man, going the to be Panthers, a, the Pan, yeah, it's going to be a very close game. It's going to be a far closer game than you think it should be. If you're just like a neutral fan just watching the game, you think, oh, the Panthers are going to get blown out. But no, I think the Panthers are a different team than when the Panthers – they're a different team than they were in week two. And I think they're definitely going to put up a fight. But I had the Bucks winning. Yeah. Uh, next game, we can move on. Eagles-Giants. Uh, Giants are three-and-a-half-point dogs. Um, I think Eagles are going to lose this game, I'll be honest. I'm going to take the Giants here because the Eagles got – the Eagles had this game really closely last game, last time they played. Honestly, every time they've played for the past like two years, the, the Eagles have kept it close with the Giants, even though we predict blowouts. Um, yeah, I'll take the Giants here. Uh, for this game. I'm also picking the Giants, and I don't know why, but I just think – We both predicted our teams to lose. Let's hope for the best. There's yeah, that. that's all I'm going to say. I think the bye week is just not going to help the Eagles. And also this whole COVID thing, like the like – the, the facility hasn't been shut down, but still, like it's an unnamed coach. Like if that coach is Doug Peterson, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh yeah. Then you're absolutely screwed. Uh, Texans, Browns. Browns are only three point favorites here. Um, this could be close, but apparently, if Nick Chubb comes back, that would be a big deal. Uh, I'm going to take the Browns here though, because of the Texans' defense is just suspect. Yeah, for me. I think the Cleveland defense is also really bad. So looking at points per game allowed, Houston is at 29 and Cleveland's at 26. So yeah, if you look at like the bottom, like 20, I guess the bottom, like eight teams, like really the only good teams in there are Cleveland and Seattle. Like every other team is bad. But the biggest difference here is the Russian defense for the Texans is just doo-doo, just flat out doo-doo. And the Browns, the Browns are just heavily dependent on the run. So I'm going to go with the Browns. Yeah, uh, we both have that. It'll Bills probably be Cardinals. a close game, though. 
Yeah, Bills, Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals are two-point favorites. It's in Arizona now. So now the Bills are taking turns, and now they're going to travel to an NFC West team, and I think uh, they're going to get that. So I'm going to pick the Cardinals here. Yeah, I will also pick the Cardinals. And I just think there isn't really like a strong basis. I think these teams match up pretty well. Honestly, like, yeah. like the Bills have a decent – the Bills don't have the same defense they've had before, but I think the Bills can still pressure like Kyle Murray a little bit. They still have good – I mean, think, think about it. They still have Tredavious White. They still have these good players who can match up against this explosive Cardinals, like, receiving game. And then the Cardinals said, like, at least on the defense side of the ball, like, I think they can do some things – they can do enough to hold Josh Allen, I think. And I think this game will probably be a close game. I don't think it's going to be like a shellacking that you think it's going to be, but I think it'll be a close game. And I think the Cardinals pull away late. All right, next game, Chargers-Dolphins. Um, so for me, this one, the Dolphins are two-and-a-half-point favorites, but I actually don't know who to pick this game because this is a real pick for me because the, Do- the Chargers' record 2-6 and six means nothing, bro. They could honestly be 8 and nine. Yeah, they're, they're that one team every year that loses like eight games, and like when it's like a one possession game, like there's always one team, and they're the team this year. They could easily yeah. be like six and two. Sadly, the Falcons are like that too. Um, but yeah, I agree with that. Uh, it's it's, but their their luck is even more. Yeah, uh, their luck isn't as bad as Falcons. But regardless, um, I. Chargers, Dolphins. I'm going to take the Dolphins here because it's at home. And uh, even though the weather, the, I don't think home field advantage for this game matters at all because it's hot weather regardless. And, uh, but I'm going to lean Dolphins here because Chargers still can't close. Okay. I was going to pick the Chargers, but I think, like we said, travel is actually a big factor. And also, the Dolphins do have some sort of home field advantage whenever it's hot. And so I think if it's going to be a hot day, I think I think the Panthers, the Dolphins will win. Though it'll LA probably be a close game. Yeah, yeah. LA yeah. just finds ways to lose games, and I think Miami finds that ways to win games. Agreed. Yeah. Moving on, Broncos Raiders. Raiders are five point favorites here. I'm going to take the Raiders here. Yeah, not much to say. I mean, again, we've hit on it before, but the Broncos are just that team that was overhyped one year early, and they had a lot go wrong for them early the season, injury wise. I think the Raiders, I mean, there's a reason why the Raiders are in our top 14 teams. Like, they're, they're like a sneaky good team. Like, I thought they'd finish, I think, around 8 they're and 8, 9 and 7 year. this year. Yeah. yeah, now they're 5 and 3. They're, they're, I think they're poised to make the playoffs, second in the ASC West. And I think they're going to win this game and uh, put them in prime position to challenge, not challenge the Chiefs, but they're only two games behind the Chiefs if that happens. So. Yeah. Uh, next game, Saints Niners. Uh, I'm gonna take the Saints here. We can move on because the not. I mean, I would pick the Niners here actually if Jimmy G, George Kittle, Richard Sherman, and Nick Boza, everyone was playing. Not I mean, even their Nick entire Boza. team was playing. Their entire yeah, team yeah. isn't playing. I, 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 literally, even not even if 50% of those guys that are injured played. It could be any of the 50%. I'd pick the Niners, but it's not. So I'll take the Saints, and they'll cover by hard 10 point favorites. Yeah, I mean, the Niners just suck. And it's not their fault. It's purely injury. So another tough game from Seattle, man. Three straight tough games. Uh, I mean, now Seattle's going to face their toughest part of their schedule, man. Now they have to face these teams that are in the division. Seahawks, Rams. So Rams somehow are one-and-a-half-point favorites. I mean, they have to be because it's at home. 
Uh, I'm going to take the Seahawks here. The, they'll get it done. I have faith in them. Yeah, I do as well. Three games in a row that they're going to lose, that's just that not would possible. They'd, they'd probably be out of my top ten, actually, if they lost if they lost three games in a row. I, I mean, I, I, I don't see it happening. Because I, I, that's the only reason I can actually pick that game for Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also think they're the better team, too. Um, moving on, uh, Steelers, Bengals. This prediction solely rests on whether Big Ben is playing. Only on that, honestly. That's the only way I can predict the, predict the Steelers are going to win this game. And uh, if not, I'm going to pick the Bengals. So, uh, yeah, well, I think the same thing with me. Like, I think we can both agree to change our picks if the Bengals, if Ben, Big Ben's. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to trust. Uh, I'm not. I'm still. I'm not in the mood to trust uh, Delvin Hodges. Yeah, not in that mood. So, yeah, we can move on. Uh, yeah. Ravens, Pat. Uh, I would love to see Cam Newton ball out. In, what a uh, bad Sunday night football game. The, yeah, I, I want. I'd want this game to get flexed. I'd want the Seahawks Rams game to get to be the Sunday night game. They can move this one down. I think that's that would be great to watch. Um, but hey, man, we got to deal with it. The Ravens are seven point favorites, and uh, like I said, I would love to see the Pats. I love to see the Pats win this game because I mean I'm a Cam, I, I love Cam Newton, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Ravens. Yeah, Sam. I mean, there's no reason for me to pick the Patriots. They they're just a bad team. Yeah, that that, that, that defense. Oh God, I mean the the Ravens are gonna. Oof, damn. Uh, Monday night. This game's also kind of trash, but uh, it might be competitive. Hey, um, the Vikings Bears game. Bears are two and a half point dogs actually because they're finally facing. Uh, they're not facing their in division uh, team. I'm gonna take the Bears because it's at home, and I think. Uh, yeah, that's that's actually. I mean, but here's the thing, uh, and also the Vikings defense is also kind of sus too. I'm not gonna lie, they haven't. Uh, Necessarily impressed me by any means, and uh, the, I think the Bears, de- the Bears' offense, better succeed against this Vikings offense. If the Colts' offense can, Bears, the Bears' offense, it, they should be able to. And uh, Dalvin Cook is gonna have a rough night against the Bears' defense, just like Derrick Henry did. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna take the Bears. Yeah, I'm going with the Vikings, and it's purely the opposite of whatever you said. Like, I know the Vikings. <laughs> Exactly. Like, I mean, that's you can only analyze the game two ways, right? So yeah, I mean, no, out. dude, the Vikings are coming on a they're coming off a hot streak, right? The Bears are coming off a cold streak where they've sucked. The Vikings they've had one good game against the Lions where they blew them out, and they had another good game where they're beating the Packers by a good margin for a good portion of that game. And yeah, the Bears just suck. Like they can't do anything on the offensive side of the ball. And I know I know Kirk Cousins might be the worst quarterback in the league right now, but or one of the worst. And, and he's been playing decent in the last couple of games, but still, like Nick Foles routinely misses throws, and it's sad for me to say because I'm a huge Nick Foles fan. I am part of the BDN squad, but I, I just can't trust him when he's overthrowing Darnell Mooney by like fifty thousand yards. And like, like dude, this guy Mooney is like beating players routinely. Allen Robinson's beating players dude, routinely. These guys are these, Foles, these receivers are good, bro. It's, it's yeah, Nick Foles just throws it to another planet. It's and hot. when he does throw, when he does, and that's when he gets time. Like if he doesn't get time, which is most of the time, like he just automatically like disqualified. Like he just throw the ball away on that play. That's like, on the O line. Yeah, <laughs> their team just sucks. Yeah, it, it, I mean, if, if the game was only defense, the Bears would win the Super Bowl. But unfortunately, it's not. 
Yeah. Um, that wraps it up for me, man. Another another week of football. I'm blessed, uh, to say the very least. I'm happy yeah. that we're 10 weeks mm-hmm. in now. About to be 10 weeks in. Uh, still not major schedule changes yet. Uh, there obviously have been some bye weeks flipped, but no teams necessarily needing to play a week 18, having a week 18. I think that's that would be the ultimate goal because the NFL just agreed to having a – that's a news that I definitely wanted to bring up now. Uh, the NFL had agreed to now um, if a major game was to be canceled because of COVID, uh, that um, it would be expanded from a 14-team playoffs to a 16-team playoffs, kind of like the NBA. Which would be really fun. And it would be really fun. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a one season only, so – I mean, I'm I'm down. Uh, why not, dude? I'm not complaining to have more be, football. There should, there should be no bye weeks then. I think one should play eight, two, seven, three, six, four, five, and uh, yeah, that would be amazing. Like that's a tournament style. I I love it. Um, and why I, not? I'd be right. Down. I'd be so down. And it's only it's, it's, it's this odd year, right? Oddball year. There's a bubble in the NBA, bubble in the MLB. Why not do this, man? I I, I like that format. I'm not hoping any game gets canceled because of COVID, but if it happens, man. I wouldn't complain, right? I ain't complaining. And another news that I do want to mention, this is another last-minute news. I hate bringing up last-minute news. But uh, the NFL did, I believe, uh, start um, compensating teams if they hire uh, minority head coaches. Uh, Rudy, what are your thoughts on that? So I can give you an example. Mm -hmm. It's two third-round picks if you develop a minority head coach. Yeah, so for example, uh, honestly, probably the most uh, favorited candidate for right now for getting any next head coaching job is the Chiefs offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. And if he did get a head coaching job, which we all expect, honestly, within the next year, it'd be damn shocking if he didn't get a head coach job. And I'm not the Chargers, honestly. Yeah. um, If, oh, yeah, that'd be crazy. Uh, if if Eric Bieniemy gets a head coaching job, the Chiefs would get a third round pick this year and next year. Um, I think I think it's pretty stupid. I, I think, think it's racist. It just I think it's it, forcing. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a bit forceful. I it think just makes the problem even worse. If it happens naturally, it's cool, but they're like forcing it down your throat. And, Listen, and Eric Bieniemy deserves the job because he's good at it, not because he's exactly. African American. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's- it's That's uncalled the, for. Unbelievable. I mean, those two news, that, that's not league change. Actually, no. The first one is league changing because the eighth seed could win the Super Bowl. But uh, this one is, is not – it could be potentially league changing because uh, now teams will be more incentivized of hiring a, a head coach or a GM or an assistant GM because they get a, they get compensated heavily. A third-round pick, man, is, is worth a lot. You can get a lot of good players for a third-round pick. Like, Leonard Fournette wasn't even worth a third-round pick. <laughs> I think you can get a good amount. And, uh, yeah, two third-round picks, too, man. That's that's insane. That's a very high reward if you were going to make a reward like that. And we talked about this earlier in the season. Earlier, uh, I believe in the off-season, on this, like, reward system. Uh, but, yeah, that's all I, I got to really say, man. Yeah, same for me, man. Um Again, another week of football. Hopefully our teams win, even though we both predicted both our teams to lose. Yeah, that's all I can say for me. Thanks for listening to episode 42 of the Flea Flicker NFS show. 
and yeah um we'll hear from us again next week peace out and